It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Are you ready for Joe Biden's Saigon Part 2? Yeah, this time it actually has uh, Joe Biden in it. Because yesterday, after the colossal collapse of the entire country of Afghanistan and ultimately the uh, capital of Kabul, as thousands of people are at the airport desperately wanting to leave the country, desperately, the President of the United States finally came out of his vacation for the biggest foreign policy disaster in probably the history of the country. He said a 10-minute speech, took no questions, and went back on vacation. Do you suppose Ronald Reagan would have done that? Do you suppose Donald Trump would have done that? What should think about that? He was on vacation, and one of the biggest stories... Listen, for the last 20 years, we have been at Afghanistan. We have spent trillions. We have sacrificed thousands of American lives in Afghanistan. And ultimately... After 20 years of analysis, 20 years of thought, this was the exit strategy to abandon Bagram in the middle of the night, to abandon billions and billions and billions of dollars in weapons and hardware and turn them over to not only arm the Taliban, but make them more powerful than they could have ever realized. Think about what you've been through for 20 years. I remember 9-11. I cried for a year. I've never cried for so many people that I didn't know. Think about all we've been through. All of the PTSD, all of the lost limbs and eyes. All of the nonsense we've had to go through as far as airport security is concerned. All of that collapses in three short days and we are back to square one because we have a man who is the president of the United States who is cognitively majorly impaired and has never been right about anything with regard to foreign policy. It is a sad day in America. I'm hoping that this will ultimately intensify the criticism of this president and maybe hasten his departure from office, voluntary or otherwise. The president held a presser in the middle of the afternoon. The biggest story of what could be uh, at least 20 years with regard to U.S. foreign policy, something that is so important to all of us. And he said, Basically, nothing about it. He said the buck stops here, and then he blamed other people. Here's a little bit of it. Squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. There was never a good time, but there is a good way. And, sir, you did not do it. We were clear-eyed about the risks. Oh, wait a minute. Joe Biden is saying (laughs) he's clear eyed. Joe Biden, who, by the way, looks like he looks like the uh, characters in Coraline with the buttons on his eyes. The animated movie that my daughter and I have watched 500 times. He looks like the parents of the uh, of the, you know, the evil parents in Coraline. We plan for every contingency, but no, if, if if you plan for every contingency, I'm assuming that, yes, this what happened this weekend was a contingency and. Because of the way it happened, you didn't plan. 
You sent in 5,000 troops to uh, try to take over a chaotic scene at the airport and evacuate people from our embassy by helicopter, which you said on July the 8th would never happen. You were wrong there. So this, if this were a contingency, it was not planned for, clearly. I always promise the American people that I will be straight with you. Then why do you lie so much? The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. Again, if this were a contingency, you would have planned for it and seen that these leaders would have possibly done this. The Afghan military collapsed sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. Now, I will mention that we had about 2,500 troops in the country. We had uh, Bagram Airfield, which was enough to tell the Taliban that if you step out of line, we will bomb you into powder. For the last 18 months, there has not been an American casualty in Afghanistan. You can thank President Trump for that. That happened under his leadership. And they understood very clearly, including the leader of the Taliban, who he called and said, I will bomb you into powder and I will start with the village you're in. And yes, I know you're there. And so there were some things the Taliban had to do to encourage U.S. troops or our removal of U.S. troops. But we never should have left Bagram. Bagram was enough. Bagram was enough to stop the Taliban in their tracks from taking over the country. And we disappeared in the middle of the damned night. More from our feckless failure of a president in just one moment. The American dollar is going down in value. It's going to continue. Our prices are going to continue to rise in grocery stores. If you tried to buy steak lately, if you tried to buy shrimp lately, if you tried to buy just about anything lately, you're going to pay a lot more, including at the pump. So I would suggest that you consider investing in gold and silver with American Hartford Gold. They can sell you physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside of your IRA. Now, here's what I'd like you to do now. We'll get back to the show in a second. Uh, To get up to $1,500 of free silver in your first order, just text my name, Rob, to 65532. That's Rob to 65532 for American Hartford Gold. And again, I will give you a little bit more information on this great company as the show progresses. Oh, by the way, two special guests today. Jason Miller, former um, advisor, the chief advisor to President Trump. Also, Emerald Robinson, White House correspondent. They both have some unbelievable insight. Here is Joe Biden talking about how Afghanistan, like his brain, will never be fixed. The events we're seeing now are sadly proof that no amount of military force would ever deliver a stable, united, secure Afghanistan. A secure. Okay, now listen. 3.45 in the afternoon, and he's already starting to slur his speech. Deliver a stable, united, secure Afghanistan, as known in history as the graveyard of empires. What's happening now... Why was it peaceful for the last 18 months with only 2,500 troops at Bagram Airfield? Now, could just as easily happen five years ago, or 15 years in the future. You have to be... But it didn't have to happen this weekend. Honest. Our mission in Afghanistan is taking many missteps. Slurring his words. Made many missteps over the past two decades. I'm now the fourth American president to preside over war in Afghanistan. 
two Democrats and two Republicans. I will not. There wasn't a war for the last six years. Passed this responsibly on. Active duty combat stopped uh, in 2014. Responsibly on to a fifth president. I will not mislead the American people. Only about everything else, but not this. By claiming that just a little more time in Afghanistan will make all the difference. Nor Maintaining a base would have made all the difference. Nor will I shrink from my share of responsibility for where we are today. And how we no, you're, you're blaming everybody else. Move forward from here. I am president of the United States of America. Terrifying. And the buck stops with me. <laughs> well, you blame everybody else. That is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Here he is talking about all the Afghan refugees. I mean, literally tens of thousands of people are going to be murdered, okay? We've seen this before. We've seen this bleep show before. Afghans and their families out of Afghanistan. We're also expanding refugee access to cover other vulnerable Afghans who work for our embassy. U.S. non-government... And they all could have stayed there had we kept Bagram open. ...agencies or uh, U.S. non-governmental organizations and Afghans who otherwise are at great risk in U.S. news agencies. I know there are concerns about why we did not begin evacuating Afghans civilians sooner. Yeah, while the country was stable. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you worry about getting uh, journalists out? Why didn't you worry about getting staffers out? Why didn't you worry about getting all Americans out before you let the whole thing collapse? Part of the answer is some of the Afghans did not want to leave. What about our embassy staff, sir? Earlier. Still hopeful for their country. Yeah, and, and they were fine, actually. Uh, as of Monday, yesterday, uh, girls were still going to school. That's going to stop pretty quick. And part of it because... Quickly. The Afghan government and its supporters discouraged us from organizing a mass exodus to avoid triggering, as they said... I doubt that very seriously. A crisis of confidence. Okay, so um, vacating Bagram Airfield in the middle of the night without telling anybody won't create a crisis of confidence. Here's the biggest, uh, the most glaring um, thing that, that sticks out here. And, and if you haven't heard it yet, Joe Biden on July the 8th saying that what happened this weekend would never happen. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army. I have a good friend who was a talk radio host, and he said, yeah, we were paying for 300000 but there weren't 300000 not even close. In the world, and an Air Force, against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Mr. President, Mr. President, thank you very much. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. No, actually, you went against the uh, orders of many in the intelligence community and many in the military. You made this decision, this terrible decision, autonomously. Is it, can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They, so, did, not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. So what is the level of confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. And do you see any parallels between... All right, here's the money shot. This withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling... None whatsoever. Zero 
What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. They didn't need to be this time. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. Any other president would probably be resigning at this point, doing a uh, uh, peace sign as they get on the helicopter, as Richard Nixon did. But this uh, this president will not. He did not answer questions either yesterday. Uh, and by the way, uh, Emerald Robinson tells me there was a reason for that. We'll get to her coming up. No questions. The biggest, the biggest crisis with regard to foreign policy where trillions of dollars and thousands of American lives and this man doesn't take any questions and he goes back on vacation. This is, I believe, State Department spoke with Ned Price yesterday with a real powerful pencil-necked, limp-wristed statement to the Taliban. Additionally, the UN Security Council issued a joint press statement earlier today calling for a new government that is united inclusive and representative including with the full and full and meaningful participation of women that's beyond laughable the council spoke with one voice to underscore that afghanistan must abide by its international obligations including to international humanitarian law and ensure the safety and security of all Afghans and international citizens. Here is an Afghan uh, reporter yesterday talking about the gains that women have made with regard to freedom and education in Afghanistan and how it's going away. Women has a lot of achievement in Afghanistan. I had a lot of achievement. I, I left from the Taliban like 20 years ago. Now we go back to the first step again. Do you have any comment? We had a seventh president. You should answer to Afghan people. Well, I obviously can't speak for uh, Ashraf Ghani or where he is or what his views are. I wouldn't do that. Um, but This is uh, John Kirby, a Pentagon spokesman. Let me say with all respect that, uh, that I understand, and we all understand, the, the anxiety and the fear and the pain that you're feeling. It's, it's clear. And yeah, you know, your empathy and sympathy mean nothing when you were the cause of it. It means, you know, I, I apologize for murdering your daughter. I'm sorry for the pain that the, her death has created. Uh, forget that I did it. You know, just forget about it. Here is one more thing before we go to Jason uh, Miller of Getter and also uh, chief uh, advisor to Donald Trump. MSNBC's Tehran bureau chief Ali Aruzi reported that um, the takeover of Afghanistan has been mostly peaceful, kind of like those protests uh, by uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter that cost billions of dollars in damage. The president, or should I now say the former president of Afghanistan, Ashraf Ghani, has fled the country. The Taliban have taken over the presidential palace. They've renamed the country the Islamic Emirate, taken down the Afghan flag and hoisted up uh, their own colors. Uh, and it's been a relatively... Um, pe- I don't think uh, Americans feel relieved by that. 
Nicole Wallace. Peaceful, if you like, a process. They haven't had to fire a lot of shots. There hasn't been a lot of bloodshed in Kabul. It was a oh, but don't worry, it's coming. Pretty straightforward takeover for them. Uh, they've also taken over the airport. Uh, there have been reports of shots fired at the airport, and Taliban fighters are, are, are all over the place. Uh, but they're not in any sort of clashes with U.S. personnel. Although commercial flights have so far been suspended, military evacuation flights are still taking place and I from what we understand right now most of the US personnel are at the airport now trying to get onto various uh, evacuation flights out of the country with a uh, very few security personnel left yes. at the embassy burning what's left of sensitive paperwork yeah they were uh, prepared for that contingency let's call Jason Miller shall we get his insight on this hey Rob how are you I'm good buddy how are you sir I'm doing well, doing well. Um, man, this is a, we're living in uh, some crazy times, man. <laughs> i tell you what, yeah. I, I've never seen a president say the buck stops here and and completely uh, uh, do the opposite. And it, <laughs> during one speech, he, he accepts responsibility while blaming everybody else. What the heck, really? The other thing, too, is we just, everything about it is, you just have to scratch your head. I mean, from the, he's at Camp David, he's totally checked out, then he comes back and has a 3.45 p.m. press conference. Yeah. I mean, just, it completely fits the narrative. He has to head off to Golden Corral to hit the buffet line <laughs> at 4.15 before the the senior special is over and then go home and go to bed. I mean, 3.45 p.m., what have you ever seen a president say, I have an important address to make to the nation, everyone, please tune in. <laughs> 3 45 p.m i mean it's a it's a joke i mean there's uh, you know one of the things for just in, in my role now running a, a global company i'm obviously tracking the the global news and i read a lot of uh uk news as far as what some of our allies are saying and it, it really does hurt when you see allies like the brits being so critical and you can't disagree with them they're they're spot on in their criticism yeah also i might mention uh, the american media with the exception of uh, brian williams and i i was listening to abc radio news yesterday they were towing the line for uh, joe biden all day but do you think that maybe uh, i don't i don't want to give give uh, the american media any credit do you do, but do you suppose that maybe he's kind of jumped the shark with some of the big players in the mainstream media momentarily okay. uh, and the okay. reason why i say it's not a, a you know complete uh, fonzie over the, the shark moment <laughs> is because they will let him they will let him unjump the shark uh, as soon as he um, as soon as he starts to do things right or if President Trump starts to elevate his profile too much, uh, then I think that uh, that they will use that as their excuse to ignore the fact that, that Joe Biden's barely there, that he's a complete disaster, that there are you know, half dozen to a dozen crises uh, that, that Joe Biden has created at any given time. Um, but for right now, yeah, the, the, the varnish is really uh, – some of that shine has come off of Biden for sure. Well, it certainly has with American veterans uh, uh, and, and I think also um, the sorrow that they must feel right now uh, – I would assume would be overwhelming. I have a nephew who lost his best friend, watched his best friend die in Afghanistan. He was in his early 20s when this happened. He's not answering his phone. Um, I would imagine this is just heartbreaking for a lot of people who lost friends, uh, uh, family members, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, etc., yeah, and it's just uh, watching these images are it, it's just so painful. Whether the uh, the image of all the, uh, the Afghani's um, who are uh, running alongside the plane and, and getting trampled, and who are in the way, and uh, the six hundred plus that are packed into the the C one thirty, and 
uh, I mean, the, those images of seeing the couple of bodies fall from the plane. Um, and then I just read this morning the uh, just the horrific detail of when they actually landed the plane, which they had to do in a, a third country, and there were bodies that were in the wheel well because they couldn't even close the landing gear. Uh, the, these are folks that thought that the U.S. would be there to defend them. They had done work for us as, uh, as interpreters. They had spent upwards of one, in some cases, two decades uh, working with the U.S. And regardless of, obviously, it was a disaster that we went in and, and stayed 20 years there uh, uh, in the first place. But the way that we that we withdrew, completely capitulated uh, to the Taliban, and we left all of our allies high and dry, that's something that uh, how can we ever expect uh, anyone else in the world to uh, to think that we'll keep our word ever again? Well, yeah, we did the same thing in Vietnam. And, and uh, I remember there was a line Don Cheadle uh, used in uh, Hotel Rwanda. It's uh, that's what America does. And it's sad and, and pathetic. And, you know, if they would have do you suppose if we just would have maintained a strong base at Bagram? that this would have never happened. I mean, it, it seemed for the last 18 months, we've not had a casualty in Afghanistan. Girls were able to go to school in Afghanistan. And that that closing of that base in the middle of the night and, and just hightailing it out of there, I think really sent a signal to the Taliban that it was over and this was going to be easy pickings. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, when, when President Trump made the comment yesterday saying that um, there wasn't the fact that we're withdrawing from Afghanistan is the way that we did. I mean, there, there are a couple of real specific things. Number one, you have to make sure that you get Americans and American allies out uh, in, a, in an orderly and safe fashion. I mean, that's, uh, that's uh, first and foremost. Second being is that you send a very clear message to the Taliban uh, that if they go in and they start uh, beheading people and uh, some of the horrific things that they, they do to women, other things, um, kind of these, these mass executions and other things I'm, I'm very concerned are going to happen, that they're going to get a bomb dropped on their head. And that's what they understand. What they understand is getting blown up out of existence. And you have to send that message that, hey, we're withdrawing, but if you go in and start killing a whole bunch of people, uh, we're not going to hesitate to drop bombs on your head. They respect that. They fear that. But nobody right now has any fear or respect for Joe Biden. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's she in the South China Sea. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Hamas with regard to Israel. And clearly it doesn't matter with Taliban in regard to Afghanistan. Can you imagine what uh, the Taliban could do with help from China? Oh, man. And, and it's that's the, I mean, it's essentially now a, a puppet state uh, of China. Yeah. Uh, they're going to do anything they want. I mean, China is going to come in and say, uh, and, and let's not, and it's our words here, fact of the matter is everything that China does to go and help go and build and prop up the Taliban government is essentially funding terrorism. I mean, that's the, the reality because in every dollar that they're spending on roads or infrastructure, or even you know quasi-military economic support for the Taliban means that they can go and devote more of their money into uh, causing problems for the West. And so it's almost in a uh, kind of an indirect terrorism funding that we're going to see now. I think uh, we are going to see horrendous uh, things happen. We've already heard that they're going door to door trying to find 20 to 12 to 45 year old women who are unmarried because they are considered the spoils of war. I heard this morning also they are going door to door looking for those who worked with Americans or Americans for that matter. And they are also confiscating weapons. So this is going to happen. There's no there's no signal being sent to the Taliban that you're we're going to bomb the crap out of you that is not being said they know it and they it's just a matter of time yeah, and I mean, in fact, the, the situation has gotten so serious that Jen Psaki actually had to leave her vacation early and come back and brief at the White House. So at this point, when, when she actually is circling back for the first time uh, physically, uh, then, then you know it must be serious. I, I hope this is a turning point. Unfortunately, I, the, the water carriers for Joe Biden are going to continue 
to do so. I wanted to mention, uh, because I found a, a safe harbor in Getter and uh, getting a great response from people on my social media page, and a lot of people are moving there. Jenna Ellis uh, yesterday was suspended from Twitter. Uh, you've got a leader of the Taliban on Twitter, still got an account. <laughs> and, and Jenna Ellis was just stating the obvious with regard to uh, Joe Biden's pullout of Afghanistan and, and the irresponsibility of it. What would you have to say to Jenna uh, right now? Well, I'm glad that Jenna's on Getter. Uh, we've made it very clear that there's not going to be a uh, any sort of political jail for people stating their political opinions on Getter. Uh, I think the fact that, you know, story I just read in the, the Washington Free Beacon uh, was how the Taliban actually used Twitter and WhatsApp to communicate with each other as they were taking over Kabul. Wow. Uh, and that is that's that's where we are, folks. Uh, Twitter <laughs> uh, allows the Taliban, doesn't allow President Trump. If you didn't think that this was a coordinator, this was an intentional effort. Well, uh, the contrast is pretty clear. Just one uh, final thing. How are things going? How's the growth of the company coming? Uh, things are good. We actually had uh, our best growth day in the last 22 days yesterday. Wow. Uh, I think that's on a couple of things. One, I think the news cycle, people are pretty whipped up. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I had a sense that a lot of this would happen, that it, really news cycles uh, can really drive people as they see, you know, wait a minute, why are conservatives that I know and trust being uh, kicked off or suspended at Twitter? Uh, we got to find another alternative. But also uh, the passion and the energy, uh, the desire for free speech on the, the right of center space right now. Now, people are really angry and concerned with what they're seeing around the world. And uh, so we're seeing a lot, a lot of good momentum. But uh, as we know, from whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene or Jenna Ellis or yourself, uh, there's not going to be a political jail at Getter. I want to mention uh, something else. Just I, it came to me uh, with regard to, you know, people are saying Joe Biden should resign. Uh, Joe Biden should be impeached. They should use the 25th Amendment. Jason, I don't see this man, if you looked at him yesterday slurring his words at 345 in the afternoon, I don't see how he makes it uh, to the 2024 election. I don't see, and, and, and the, the ludicrousness of saying that he might run again in 2024, it's not going to happen. What is your, what is your feeling on any of those scenarios? So my, here's my thought on this. Uh, should Biden uh, be impeached for uh, his, in my opinion, just incompetence or senility or wherever his uh, diminished facilities are? Uh, I think that there's a lot of ground after this uh, Afghanistan fiasco. But the one thing that we learned from President Trump is that the political move of impeachment uh, can help rally the media and one's base behind them. Right now, you have roughly 70 percent of Americans uh, who think that Joe Biden is a complete disaster with Afghanistan and then 30 percent who aren't paying attention. That's basically kind of where the, the numbers break down at the moment. And nobody thinks that Biden's doing a good job. I do worry that if we push toward impeachment right at this time, yeah. that's going to make people snap back to their, hey, I wear a blue jersey or red jersey and get behind him. Uh, but there's no way Joe Biden's running in 2024. And the other thing, too, I mean, Kamala Harris, a uh, complete disaster. And uh, if some, for some reason she's not going to get a free pass if she runs in 2024, you're going to have Gavin Newsom, one of these other people uh, mm -hmm. coming after her in a primary. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a complete circus on the Democrat side, one that does not include ringmaster Joe Biden. All right, Jason, thanks for the time today. I really appreciate it. Godspeed. And uh, let's talk again soon. OK. All right. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. You bet, buddy. All right, guys, we got a bit of a, a bit of breaking news that I would like to share with you that will uh, this is unbelievable. One of the Taliban who was traded for Bo Bergdahl, the traitor, was in Kabul in the presidential palace and is part of the new leadership team, the Taliban in Afghanistan. His name is Karilla Karkwa, apparently. 
And uh, he was free to join other Taliban representatives in Qatar in 2019. The presence of this man among the Taliban leadership in Kabul is a vivid illustration of how disastrously wrongheaded, disastrously wrongheaded, futile, and self-defeating the left's foreign policy really is. So that is the breaking news. One of the uh, terrorists that uh, Barack Obama traded for a traitor is uh, now one of the leaders in uh, in this uprising, in this takeover of Afghanistan. Brian Williams decided to defend Joe Biden's indefensible speech yesterday to veteran Matt Zeller. Didn't go so well for Bri Bri. Though I'm curious to hear your reaction of this consequential speech by the American president. Didn't run from it. He owned it. He owned his decision. He owned the fact that, as he put it, the buck stops with him. This is funny. I hope he gets to own their deaths, too. I, I don't I feel like I watched a different speech than the rest of you guys. I was appalled. There was such a profound, bold-faced lie in that speech. The idea that we planned for every contingency. I have been personally trying to tell this administration since it took office. I've been trying to tell our government for years that this was coming. We sent them plan after plan on how to evacuate these people. Nobody listened to us. They didn't plan for the evacuation of our Afghan wartime nope. allies. They're trying to conduct it now at the 11th hour. Yep. The thing that they were most concerned about was the optics of a chaotic evacuation. Well, they got exactly what they were most concerned of by failing to do what was right when we could have done it. We had all the people and equipment in place to be able to save these people months ago, and we did nothing. Wow. I'm appalled that he thinks that we only need to take 2,000 people. There's 86,000 people who are currently left behind in Afghanistan alone. We've identified all of them for the government. I have no idea why they, they, they he claims that people don't want to leave Afghanistan. I have a list of 14,000 names right now of people who want to get out of Afghanistan. Wow. And the idea that the Afghan military should be blamed for this, do you know how many casualties the Afghan military took in an average year? More than the United States did in 20. When you're not getting paid on a regular basis, when you're not getting fuel, when no one is supplying you with ammunition, and yet you're still showing up to the fight, how dare us for having to blame these people for not having the audacity to be able to survive a Taliban onslaught? No, no, no. What we need to be doing right now, and what I am appalled that the president didn't say, was we need to be talking about how we're going to get every single one of these people out. Wow. Epic, epic, epic takedown. Before the end of the show, we're going to talk to Emily Robinson, give you some insight onto Joe Biden's uh, mental acuity and what happened this weekend in Washington, D.C. with regard to journalism, unprecedented in our history. So American Hartford Gold is uh, a great company. It is a uh, it has received a triple A uh, rating from the, or an A-plus rating, I should say, from the BBB. They've got thousands of satisfied clients, and with the decline in our dollar's value, with the unbelievable inflation that we haven't seen since the 1980s in America, probably a good idea to invest in gold and silver and have it. Just have it. You can have it delivered to your door or inside of your IRA. And right now, if you call American Hartford Gold, you can get up to $1,500 in free silver on your first order. So here's the number. It's 866 204 8226 8662048226 or just text rob rob to 65532 that's rob to 65532 gold and silver get it from american hartford gold text rob to 65532 
Here is uh, David Axelrod, who used to be a, what was it, a Clinton administration official? Or Bi- no, it was a Biden administration official. Uh, and apparently um, Joe Biden lost him yesterday. Uh, but you cannot defend the execution here. This has been a disaster. And everybody, anybody with a beating heart watching these scenes of uh, people desperately swarming the airport, trying to get out ahead of, of the slaughter uh, that they anticipate on uh, from the Taliban, you know, it's, it is heartbreaking. It is, uh, it is depressing. Uh, and uh, it's a failure. And he- Whoa, really? He said the F word. He said the F word. Here's uh, CNN's Brianna Keller talking to an Biden advisor, and uh, she was not too happy with the president either. Where, Where is the president? You know, why, why isn't he communicating? This is before the presser yesterday. Fulsomely to the American people. And listen to this doofus, by the way. The president has been deeply engaged in all of the policy conversations. This is Jonathan Feiner, a White House deputy national security advisor. And uh, wow, he has not been engaging anybody. And in this situation, as it evolves in real time, we have uh, met with the president and his entire national security team uh, daily, and often multiple times a day. That's going to continue uh, again. All to devise this a failure of a policy. Today, uh, the president has spoken to this issue a number of times. In this guy was like 12 on 9-11. In recent weeks, he, we he has he not looked to it again. John, totally different story than a few weeks ago, right? I mean, why isn't he out there now? Kabul fell yesterday. Where is the president? Uh, I mean, again, uh, Brianna, the president has spoken to this extensively, and I expect that he will speak to it again. He's not spoken to this extensively. Soon, in the coming days, should we hear something from him today? Do you expect that? It seems like the... Well, we did, and it was uh, it was absolutely worthless. Here is MSNBC's Jonathan Lemur talking about uh, the Biden being the face of failure. Joe Biden is going to be the face of the failure of the withdrawal. He is the president right now as this is happening. And just a few weeks ago, just a little over a month ago on July 8th, when he defended the decision in Afghanistan, he talked about how, and I'll quote from him here, there's going to be no circumstance where you see people lifted off the roof of an embassy in the United States. This is actually on MSNBC, I know, crazy, right? On Afghanistan. But we are seeing scenes like that play out in Afghanistan right now. Don't worry, kids. The mainstream media will come back around and start sucking up to Joe Biden uh, very, very soon. They needed one day just for some ratings to act like they were reasonably outraged. Let's call Newsmax White House correspondent Emerald Robinson and get some inside scoop into what's happening in Washington, D.C. Hello, this is Emerald. Hello, Emerald. It's Rob Carson. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Rob? I'm good. I'm just trying to digest uh, what has happened over the weekend, um, what has happened since uh, Joe Biden said that there would be no helicopters flying people out of embassies on July the 8th, and then uh, <laughs> the president coming back from vacation to address the disastrous fall of of the country in literally days. Uh, what did you think about Joe Biden flying back from Camp David, doing a 10-minute presser in the middle of the afternoon, and then jetting out? Like, this was surreal. I've covered the White House for almost five years now, and I don't remember a time when there was such a major situation and there was no one to be found for days. Yeah. For days. Uh, sometimes, you know, the press would try to criticize Trump, but there was never an instance where something was happening and someone didn't show up. Or the president himself, former President Trump, always tried to, you know, talk to the press and get out in front of it. They at least tried to get out in front of it. There was no one. It honestly was surreal to be in this town, see the images that we were seeing out of Afghanistan, and have the 
president, the vice president, the press secretary, the defense secretary, the secretary of state, all essentially be MIA. And yeah, Joe Biden showed up yesterday for 10 minutes in a, a speech that was reworked from an April speech, albeit better worded. They got a better writer for it. Wow. He At about 12 minutes in, I noted at the time, he started kind of falling apart. He left and didn't take questions. And they told us he was supposed to take questions. He was slurring his speech, that's for sure. Uh, what I heard was very, uh, it, it sounded kind of like your your great uncle, um, you know, at a family gathering, had a few too many G&Ts, uh, and he was doing that. And, and I, that appears to be, and it's this great perspective on your part, that he was beginning to lose it, and the reason why he, he was probably waved away from the, uh, from the podium. Yeah, I mean, it, there was a notable difference at, you know, after 10 minutes in, around March 20, but also... Look at all the comp- compilations going around on television, on social media, of what he said in the past. Those those statements that you just noted that they wouldn't be airlifted out of the embassy, that Kabul wouldn't fall, that we, you know, the Afghan troops were prepared. That's when he took questions, and they know he can't take questions because then he could get them into more trouble as well. But look, Joe Biden just doesn't take questions, and that that event yesterday. This is one of the most this major foreign policy issues over the last 20 years. Yeah. It's a whole generation that have had to live with this. And they designated what press they wanted in that room. They pre-credentialed people and hand-selected wow. to protect him. And that is a problem. Yeah. He did a presser at 345 in the afternoon. Normally, you would expect if the president wants to reach people, prime time, that is to me beyond odd, don't you think? It's extremely odd because, yes, on something the U.S. has dealt with for 20 years, lost their sons, lost their husbands, lost their fathers, needed to hear from the president of the United States. Yes, you would do it at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. as families are finishing up their dinner so that they could watch and hear from the president of the United States on what is going on. But they did it at 345. Based on his performance, I think that that was probably a specific, uh, that tends to be the better part of his day. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. As a reporter, you had mentioned there was nobody available, nobody available. We know that Jen Psaki is still on vacation. She didn't come back. But you are looking at this story unfold. She did today. She did today? She did come back? She's forced to come back today. Wow. All the pressure. She canceled her vacation, and she'll be in the briefing room at 1.30 with uh, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor. All right. So are you going to be there? I think so. Either myself or my colleague, John Gizzi. We haven't worked out the details yet. Okay. Okay. This, to me, honestly, this is ongoing for crying out loud. We've got thousands of Americans still in Kabul waiting to be removed from there. 10,000. It's uh, 10,000 Americans, 10,000 American lives, which just happens to be, what, uh, uh, three and a half times as many died on 9-11. <laughs> this, this, to me, is just absolutely incomprehensible. And, and last night, I see Brian Williams on MSNBC, uh, you know, sucking up to Biden like he the buck stops here. The president said the buck stops here. Well, he did say the buck stops here, Emerald, but he also contradicted himself. Well, he said, so listen, he did a a typical political tactic, which is answering the question you want to answer, but not avoiding the question you don't want to answer. So he went with, 
you know, saying taking responsibility for the popular policy decision, which was getting out of Afghanistan. But he didn't address the major issue, which was what he was supposed to be addressing yesterday in the way that the U.S. withdrew. Why didn't they why didn't they evacuate people first or, you know, get rid of the sensitive documents, make sure the Taliban wasn't going to uh, obtain the weapons, US, United States weapons and infrastructure, do something about that, then evacuate people and then withdraw. It is. He didn't address any of that. No, of course not. Uh, I don't know. This, this to me was a, was a breaking point. I think with some, uh, I, I, the mainstream media is still trying to digest it uh, so they they can defend him. <laughs> you know, well, it's, the, an ex- it's an existential crisis for them. It, number one, they told you all along that he was a, the adult in the room, that the adults were back in charge, <laughs> and that that Democrats and Joe Biden better know how to govern and how. America is back on the global foreign policy front. Well, this totally dispelled that theory and those assertions. Also, to knock neoliberalism in general, because this is a major fail for that their idea of nation building, for the occupations overseas, and that's on both sides of the aisles, Republicans and Democrats. And this is largely pushed by the media. They push these forever wars. They push interventionism. They push nation building. And so they look bad, and they don't like that. Well, what does your gut say is going to happen the next couple of uh, weeks as the as the president still is uh, on vacation? I guess he's going to take two weeks, right? We don't know. Yeah. At this point, they're not giving us any uh, head guidance, which they normally do. I've had some colleagues who, you know, are more pro Biden in the press corps, and they didn't know they had planned their vacations because they knew he was planning a vacation. One who is on the WHCA board told me she literally didn't know what to do, whether to go to Italy or not, because she thinks that all hell could break loose. Um, but what is also, Rob, getting ignored in this is that I don't think the Biden administration cares so much or just the government machine here in general really about Afghanistan. They don't, Democrats don't like that it's making them look bad. But it was allowed to happen partially, in part, because this government, this administration is more focused on turning the defense apparatus, the surveillance apparatus on American yes. citizens yes. and creating a China type system. So they're very focused on uh, bringing conservatives to heel. They're chasing grandmas in MAGA hats. They're chasing trespassers and letting terrorists in Afghanistan take over. But that's where their priority and their focus is. And so that's essentially what is happening. But that that's kind of getting ignored. It's a big distraction from what is actually happening in this country and what people really do need to be watching from this government and this administration. Wow. Because it's moving very quickly. Yeah, Emerald, I love having you on because you give uh, a perspective that nobody else has as an insider and, and as a, a journalist. I just uh, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really fascinating stuff. Uh, best of luck today. I would love to see you get a question <laughs> then. I'm not holding my breath, but uh, keep up the good work. I mean, I just yell at her. So, you know. <laughs> good, good. All right, take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, there you go. Emerald Robinson, absolutely amazing White House correspondent for Newsmax. Uh, Eric Bowling has a great new show on Newsmax. Talked to Lindsey Graham about Joe Biden being, well, possibly, and I would actually be with him on this, worst president ever. Well, you got the most incompetent commander in chief in modern times. You have Joe Biden, who's been wrong about everything for 40 years. Bob Gates said that 
Uh, Joe Biden had gotten every foreign policy decision wrong for 35 or 40 years. He's gone from incompetent to dangerous. Now, what happened? President Biden was told by the military, if you pull the plug on Afghanistan, the Taliban will take over. They'll realign without... Used to be when uh, Joe Biden would announce uh, his decision on something, it had no impact because everybody just kind of went, sure, whatever. Now he's the president. And there'll be a threat to the homeland like we've never seen since 9-11. He turned down sound military advice. It's humiliating. It's heartbreaking. There's 60,000 people, Eric, in Afghanistan we know of that helped America during our fight to keep America And they all have targets on them. America safe. He's going to abandon these people. If we don't establish safe corridors to the Kabul airport, reinforced by U.S. military presence, then these people will be slaughtered. So Joe Biden has basically done the trifecta from hell. He's abandoned tens of thousands of people who helped us, who will help us next. Uh, He's made a 9-11 far more likely, a new 9-11, by leaving Afghanistan to the Taliban, who will align with al-Qaeda again. And he's made us weaker throughout the world. Ding! The yeah, trifactor from hell, pretty much. Here's a little bit more from Lindsey Graham about the possibility of another 9-11, which is actually probably more probable than it was on September the 10th, 2001. The Afghan army melted away in 10 days, and that's disappointing. But for three years, we had about 3,500 Americans supporting thousands of Afghan soldiers, and it worked. Yes. They, they relied upon us for close air support, medical evaluation, and intel, but they did most of the fighting. Joe Biden decided to change that model and pull everybody out. So they are going door to door, and they're going to drag people out of the houses, and they're going to abuse them, probably kill them, for the big sin of helping America try to hold Afghanistan together. When you hear the word Taliban, think of al-Qaeda. When you hear Taliban, think of 9-11. What President Biden doesn't understand, Eric, is this is not Vietnam. Nobody thought the Vietnamese would attack America. Uh, Afghanistan will become the new breeding ground for Mm al-Qaeda-inspired attacks against the United States. It was all avoidable. There's nobody to blame. Trump had a conditions-based withdrawal. Joe Biden turned down sound military advice yet again, and what you see is what you see. Here's Greg Kelly talking with uh, Representative Michael Walls uh, about how we could have something happen that's worse than 9-11. Well, this is, a, this is a disaster of historic proportions. I think this is the biggest foreign policy disaster in modern American history. From a humanitarian standpoint, the women and girls uh, that the left and the Democrats... Uh, that is the biggest tragedy of all of this. That women and girls in Afghanistan who finally started to see hope. There was actually a a mayor of a city in Afghanistan, a a woman. She says she's just waiting for the Taliban to kill her now. Right now, the Taliban are going door to door looking for 12 to 45-year-old unmarried women so they can take them as spoils of war, as sex slaves and brides. Right now, they are going door to door to find people who helped Americans and to find Americans who ultimately will be held hostage or murdered. Right now, they are going door to door to disarm all Afghanis. They are confiscating all weapons. How well do you suppose this is going to end, kids? Grant Stinchfield talked to General Jeffrey Schlusher about the uh, Afghanistani dreams that are being dashed by this and ultimately will end in torture, death, imprisonment, etc. Well, joining me now is the former commanding general of the Army's 101st Airborne Division. He spent two years leading the 101st Combined Joint Task Force in Afghanistan during Operation Enduring Freedom. Retired Army Major General Jeffrey Schlosser is also the author of the book, Marathon War. 
leadership in combat in Afghanistan. I guess the question becomes, um, was all of the service your men and women performed uh, leading up to this moment now in vain. I like to think no, because we did keep our it country safe up until this day. But um, certainly that's a question people are asking. Yeah, and I'll say absolutely not. Uh, the first thing is, is we kept our country basically, you know, attack free for two decades from Al Qaeda. If we hadn't been in uh, Afghanistan pressuring them in Pakistan, uh, I'm sure they would have attacked us again, just like they did on 9-11. So that is a success. And, you know, all that uh, service we need to look back on, although it's all in jeopardy now. The one other thing that we did is we gave hope to an entire generation of Afghans that were born right around 9-11 and after that. Uh, for 20 years, they thought that they could have human rights, that young girls could go to school, that they could be all they wanted to be. Unfortunately, that, too, is in jeopardy at this point. Their dreams are over. But the Biden administration doesn't care about sex trafficked children across the southern border, so why should they care about this? Thank you for listening today, guys. It is a, an enormous blessing to be able to do this on a daily basis. I am overwhelmed by the gigantic response to the podcast. Please, if you would, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. And also, if you would today, do a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, the other 50 digital platforms that this show is on, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts, okay? Thoughts and prayers, absolutely 100%. Absolutely 100%. God bless you. God bless our soldiers and our veterans, both alive and departed. God bless our police and firefighters. Remember Ashley Babbitt. And above all, until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.